Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and I'm your host. I I have got to give a shout out to all of the uh, folks at bbsradio.com, the entire team. What an incredible thing they did by picking up our show this weekend um, from the Northwest Women's Show. So for those of you that were listening to bbsradio.com on the weekend and you're wondering, wow, why is Dr. Pat on here and there and everywhere? Well, that's because my friends at this station have done an amazing job in collaborating with us to launch our Global Prosperity Initiative. And 30 hours of live broadcasting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, this weekend to launch. And uh, many of you have asked, when are we going to do that again? And I'm telling uh, everyone that we are now having a chat with Olivia Newton-John and Amazon John to kick off perhaps another weekend just like this one, um, uh, beginning on Earth Day. So we are planning it. Uh, we're going to be talking with some people that are doing some amazing things. And, you know, those of you that tuned us in and turned us on, you got to hear Colette Baron-Reed and Joe Vitale, and you got to hear uh, John Martini calling in from South Africa and, and it was just D. Wallace, and I can go on and on, but pretty soon those archives will be up. You know, we are doing our best to get them up. Uh, but again, I need to just, uh, Don, Doug, Seth, everybody at BBS Radio, I gotta give them a big, big shout out for helping us out and broadcasting, um, from the Northwest Women's Show. So I want to welcome all of you to the show. This is a this is going to be a great conversation. I am so looking forward to uh, having this conversation with Eric Myers. He's joining me here today, both a counseling astrologer and an author. Uh, and you know he lives in Asheville, North Carolina. And a friend of mine told me a while ago they've got something going on there in Asheville. So I need to ask him about that. But his background's in transpersonal counseling, psychology. Uh, and yet, you're going to hear us talk about astrology as it relates to the process of spiritual awakening. You know, many of us go down the path and we hear astrology and we, and, you know, we meet up, what sign are you? Well, does that really tell us anything? But his latest book, and the book I have in front of me, Elements in Evolution, the Spiritual Landscape of Astrology, um, is a breakthrough book. And now we get to chat with him about the whole idea of change, of looking at both past and present, about having a spiritual view of the moon and the sun, and much more. He runs Soul Vision Counseling with his partner, and we'll talk more about that later. But I want to get on here so you guys can meet Eric 
and join in on this conversation. Eric, it's so cool. It's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. It is quite an honor to be here. You know, I said earlier that uh, uh, it's not all about what we see in the pop culture, right? I mean, what you've written about is really much deeper. And I have to tell you, and, and, and what I've often wondered about, so it's not about, hey, how are you? What's your sign? And then you say, oh, I'm a Sagittarian. And people think they know you and know your life's path. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> so t- t- tonight you and I are going to have a, a, a more, uh, let's just say, a, a funner conversation, but also yeah. a more in-depth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that astrology has one of the biggest PR problems of any field out there. <laughs> and um, it's pretty ominous, actually. And, uh, you know, walking around saying you're an astrologer, you don't know what you're going to run into because there's so much uh, misperception and, I think, misinformation out there. But in reality, it is an amazing tool of self-inquiry and understanding why we're here and just the world around us. It's incredibly informative. Well, I I have to tell you, I went to your website, um, and I'll just tell everybody what it is, uh, soulvisionconsulting.com, soulvisionconsulting.com. When you go to this website, I was first of all, I was struck by the visual. I was struck by the color. But more importantly, it is just really cool to see a picture of you and uh, and your partner, apparently, um, but the energy around you and just how really wonderful, you know, y- you come across. And and now that I hear your voice, I I kind of I kind of feel it as well. And and so I I want to ask you a question. I mean, in your life on your journey, wherever you began, how did you move through the landscape of your life? To get to this place where you're now talking about some of the most groundbreaking work in astrology, what has that journey been like for you, and what challenges did you have to move beyond? (laughs) Well, it was pretty significant. I mean, I was the world's biggest skeptic uh, when I was younger. I uh, I called myself a raging atheist, and I just didn't think the universe was meaningful. And then I had a series of really eye-opening, transformative experiences in my early 20s. And I realized that I needed to question, you know, what I was thinking. And I just opened up to um, to spirituality. And so my background was always in psychology, and so it was natural to move into more of just transpersonal psychology, which is the psychology of consciousness, of oneness, of, you know, uh, how we're part of something larger. So I had a, a real hard time with my own process, and it was a it was a painful growth experience. So you know, it's interesting when you're writing a book like this, right? Um, I, I was so curious once I got the book, and I knew we were going to interview you, and I got the book, and I thought, all right, let's see where he's going to start the conversation on this, right? And so you start the conversation on the four elements, and and. And I actually want to have that conversation with you, but in the context of what evolutionary astrology is mm-hmm. and what these four elements then mean in that context. Sure. Yeah, you want me to just jump into it? or I, I want you to jump in. I mean, you've got my <laughs> undivided attention. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, my view is that the four elements is just nature. You know, everything that you can interact with is one of these elements, and that's just our, you know, broader life container is these four elements. And my view is that they're multidimensional. Uh, you can um, interact with the elements on, on an everyday level, you know, with earth and water. You drink water, and air is what you move in, and fire is warmth. And then the elements have meaning at other levels, is my hypothesis. Um, most conventionally, astrology might call someone earthy or fiery. And to me, that would be at more of the psychological level. And the elements have relevance there, too. And then I go into detail. It's a little bit more of a, you know, picky conversation about the earth level. But I find that the elements have, have resonance there as well. And then at the at a more spiritual level, the fire level, they pertain to, to lessons. You know, what are you learning through earth or air or water or fire? So I see four elements that have relevance at four levels. And so it really expands the scope of our understanding. Most of astrology is only at this conceptual level. And, and my experience and why I got into astrology is because I love nature. I love the elements around me. And I was like, wait a second, these aren't just concepts. I'm drinking water. And so that was my first love of, of astrology was the elements. And it just seemed so clear to me that they were, you know, just around us and in us and, and just really compose our lives. And you know what I love about this is because we're going to talk about this more. I mean, I don't know that the elements actually get as a, 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 as much press time as some of the other aspects of astrology, for sure. And yet I so relate the elements to spirituality more than I do other aspects of astrology. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's really funny, actually, because everything yeah. in astrology has an elemental attunement. You have... You know, the, the planets, you have water planets and air planets and, and the signs, of course, and then even the houses. And so you can look at everything in a system with the elements, but you're right, they don't get as much attention as they really should. And yet when we look at these elements in, in the spiritual construct, right, whether you're looking at a Mayan culture, your indigenous people's culture, you know, there's such a level of respect. For example, for fire. You know, Native American traditions around fire are so profound uh, and has such meanings. How did you incorporate some of the meanings of, you know, spirituality from indigenous cultures into this idea of elements and evolution? Well, I mean, I look at it very broadly, and I have a chapter in the book about um, just various uh, spiritual paths and understandings and mm-hmm. and how it just informs uh, so so many um, you know different religions and spiritual disciplines and yes you're right I mean fire uh, you see that um, with eternal lights uh, within Judaism or even with uh, Christianity um, you know you have so many lights uh, that that are represented uh, there and and I I don't know of any religion that doesn't make a big use of light, which is, um, which is fire. Um, mm. So you see that just everywhere. And that's part of the spirit of the book is the universality of the elements. They, they, you find them everywhere within everything. And so it's really broad and very inclusive. So let's give our listeners uh, a, a, let's just call it a working definition if we could, because 
I don't know how you defined it at all, except by, you know, us going through the book, which we will, and going through your work. But let's give, you know, our listeners an idea of what evolutionary astrologer is, how it's different from what we hear and see in our pop culture, or what we might get in, quote, a reading. Sure. Well, I mean, just to simplify it, evolutionary astrology just assumes that our souls are growing, that there's reason why we have the attunement in our chart, that um, it's much more than just a personality. And, you know, personality is kind of in the toolbox of what we have uh, that we're working with, but evolutionary astrology is more interested in why rather than how we are. How we are is important, but why we are, to me, is much more important. And so uh, in the process of soul growth, we have certain things that we're working out and we're working through and, and other things that we're growing into. And so my focus uh, within a consult is I start with the past and my view of the moon and then the nodes of the moon indicate the consolidated past of the soul and then the spiritual lessons or karma which are the nodes that are involved with us being less conscious in our soul's history. And then my view on the sun is about awakening. And what are we growing into when we increase our, our awareness and our, and our ability to be present? And so I look at it more in this evolutionary motion, basically from moon to sun to just, you know, it's much more complicated than that, but that's a basic shorthand way to understand it. And this is different than most astrology out there. Uh, most astrology is looked at um, in much more of a psychological way and look at looking at things in much more of a gender-oriented way. Sun is masculine, moon is feminine. And I think there's relevance to that, but I think that's also just from one lens. That's from the more of what I call the relative lens or the, you know, within the dualistic framework. So, so my view is, okay, that's all relevant, uh, but how can we complement that with towards unity consciousness? How are we growing and awakening from the, the dualism of seeing everything in, in these either-or ways? And so that's really, really how a transpersonal perspective differs. Um, and that's really what, what my work is focused on and, and what I'm, you know, what this book is about and, and, and just my, my work in general. So, so I want to ask you. I mean, it's kind of interesting. The the, the words that come to mind, and please correct me um, if I if I'm uh, at a at a line here. But the the words that come to mind is sort of you know looking at astrology to also view the soul's journey, so to speak. Um, and I don't really know if that's true or not. But as I was reading the book and as I was listening to you. Um, there's such a depth and breadth of this that requires understanding. I can only imagine what it's like to sit down with you and actually work with you one-on-one to see what truly shows up from an evolutionary perspective. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, well, that's the what, what you touched on in the first part of that is what I think the real issue is, is that um, you know, evolution goes along with reincarnation that our souls are growing, that there's unfinished work from prior lifetimes. And, and this is an idea that uh, many people in the West um, are skeptical about, and I used to be myself. Um, and so what I think is happening, though, is a revolution, is that more and more people are just open to this idea. They might not understand exactly how it works, and neither do I really, um, but they're open. It, it's, there's something inside that resonates with people. Oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've got stuff I'm working through. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, here's 
some of the, the ways that I can, you know, work through that. And astrology reveals that. And I have found quite an openness uh, to the ideas of soul evolution. And I think it's becoming less fringe or less weird. I think it's it's actually a lot more mainstream. Well, I agree with you. I mean, you know, the whole conversation and certainly with today's date, right? I mean, March 9th, 2011 has significance for a lot of people, correct? You know, when we're looking at whether it's the Mayan calendar or, you know, shifts in consciousness, changes Mm -hmm. on the planet, you know, today happens to be, in the eyes of some people, a landmark uh, day, a a big event. Yeah, Um, I've I've heard that. Uh, um, I don't know too much about uh, all all the Mayan stuff, but but what I understand, it it, it is a, a marker. A marker. Thank you. That's a great term for it. And I think we all try to look for markers, so to speak, in our lives. And I want to ask you about that because, you know, we mentioned a little bit about, you know, the elements. Let's talk about them if we could. Fire, yeah. earth, air, water. And they are associated with certain, uh, you know, certain planets. I mean, I certainly know a little bit about, you know, my sign. But yet I also know that I have so much more in my chart that is being said through the moon and the sun. And so what I would love for you to do is take us on this journey of how you look at someone's evolution through what you find in their chart. Sure. Yeah, I think the first part of what you were saying really encapsulates part of the problem is is that people identify as one sign. You know, I'm a Sagittarius or a Cancer. That's like saying I have blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, blue eyes. I mean, everyone's got all the planets, all the signs, and all the houses in their charts, all four elements. We all got the whole solar system in us. And so my view is that we, we really need to move away from that simplification. And so uh, the, the second part of your question was to take you through kind of this approach that I have. Is that yes. kind of what you're asking? Yeah, because that's really what, you know, for me in reading the book, that's part of what I'd love people to know about sure. how how this works, how evolutionary astrology works, and how, yeah. you, look, how you look at this. Yeah. One, one of the principal ways that, that I approach it that I encourage other people to do as well is to not look at things kind of what I call in a flatland way. You look at the chart and you can add up all the points I've got you know, four points in fire, five in this, you know, that gives a very basic, almost, and I think, you know, kind of skewed picture of things. My, my sense is that we really need to immerse ourselves in a more feeling level with what you see. And I, I really look at the moon as just the past of the soul. What, is, what have we absorbed in our spiritual journey? What are we still holding on to? I mean, think about the moon being a rock. It's hardened. And think of the sun as this energetic field. You know, it's just more metaphysical. And my view is that the moon points to what we're holding on to, uh, how we uh, take care of ourselves, how we want to survive, what is our attachments, what is our needs. If you really want to get to know someone, look at their moon, not just the sign, but everything going on, the house, the aspects, just the, just the whole nature of someone's moon profile is what I call it. And so I start there, and I spend a lot of time just tuning in and understanding and allowing that feeling of anyone's moon. I try to inhabit it. And then I, I, I look at it and say, okay, 
you know, here's the way the soul feels and what it needs, what it's holding on to. And then I look to the nodes of the moon, and to me that points to what is the karma? What are the lessons? How did someone maybe navigate from being less conscious than they're becoming? So look at them as a soul in progress, unfinished. And we all make navigational errors when we're unconscious. And from the evolutionary view, we're all emerging from unconsciousness to greater awareness. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's just the nature of growth. There's, it's kind of like the analogy I give is there's nothing wrong with being a first grader. You know, you're not going to be upset with a first grader for not, you know, passing the SATs or something like that. They're just not there yet. So I look at all of us in this unfinished way where we need to learn our lessons. And, and, and so I, I help normalize that for people. It's like, yeah, you know, your, your soul like mine and everyone else was, is not finished. It's not fully enlightened yet. And, and that's okay. But let's understand that and have a conversation about that and, and just um, be more conscious of that. And then so that forms the foundation of my work. And then everything kind of builds from there. And there's many other things in the chart um, that, that make it a much more you know, comprehensive system and understanding. But I really love to just immerse myself in the feeling nature. I think astrology oftentimes is way too intellectual and analytical and left brain, and we can under, understand everyone you know, uh, from this rational point of view. My view and what you probably read in the Elements book is both sides of the brain are, are really necessary. We need to complement our understanding with feeling and intuition and then even stories and flesh it out in, in these ways and really you know, view it much more holistically. Well, and let's talk about it from a holistic point of view because you know one of the things that people often do is they go and they get, let, let me just refer to it as their chart done, so to speak. Yeah. And it's almost as if, uh, without further explanation, and certainly that's what you're doing and talking about the evolution, you know, and it's almost as if from that point of view, they, they look at their chart, even if they get the full chart, right? Uh, there's this idea that this is my chart and therefore this is my life. So let me ask you this question, you know, how do you and how does, uh, evolutionary astrologer uh, move through the years, the cycles of our lives, and 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 the path that then gets created. As all of these planets, these things are moving. You know, here's our birth chart, but uh, this is not uh, that year anymore. We're in uh, 2011. How do you talk with folks about that process? Yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, first, I do want to mention is that when you were talking about, okay, here's my chart. I got my chart done. Here it is. Boom. Yeah. And, and, and uh, my, my view, and I think this type of astrology doesn't look at the chart as the defining way that you're going to be. It's more or less you have the uh, empowerment to manifest your chart in a wide spectrum of, of different ways. We can, you know, it's kind of like your DNA. You know, you have choices of how you act. Certain genes might get clicked on or off depending on your lifestyle choices or, or how you want to do that. Same thing with the astrology. That's the analogy I like. You can live your chart any way you want. And a lot of astrology doesn't allow for that freedom, actually. They say, okay, you got this going on. Okay, let's make the best of it. How, how are you just going to deal with it? And, and my view is, is, okay, this is what we have. How are we going to maximize you know, the possibilities within this. Here's the options. It's kind of like a buffet table. Uh, if you're a Sagittarius, you know, you can be, 
you know, dogmatic or you can be, you know, have a meaningful life path. It's, it's up to you. And so I love, you know, having those dialogues with people of just pointing out the range that's available for anyone. Um, and so that's the way that I approach it is, is I always point out, you know, what the gift is. And then I always point out what the shadow could be if the gift isn't being worked on with, with greater awareness. And then the second part of your question was around time and around um, how do we look at things, you know, in the present day. Um, yeah. It's just kind of like um, I think the analogy of the weather is, is, is really apt here. It's, it's kind of like you have your attunement to nature, which the uh, NATO chart is going to portray. And then at any given time, there's going to be a whole bunch of, of different events, the, the cosmic weather, so to speak, you know, that's going to be impacting your chart. You're going to have these transits and these progressions and, and other techniques and whatnot. And, okay, so how do we strategize to, you know, do the Pluto transit well? Um, and so here's, here's some ideas for manifesting that consciously. Here's some things to look out for. You know, you might want to look at Pluto in the natal chart and say, okay, well, blind spot might be in this area. Um, themes of this variety might uh, be arriving. So um, how can we welcome that and embrace what these lessons are? Um, sometimes astrology is used actually to evade our lessons. You know, some people use it saying, okay, uh, I'm going to have a Saturn transit to my Venus. I'm not going to get involved with anybody for a few months. My view is that, okay, there's quite a wonderful uh, opportunity with Saturn on, on your Venus. You can really grow up in next level maturation in relationship. And if you stay at home in fear, then you're not going to grow. And so there's just a lot of different approaches uh, to astrology. Well, and, you know, we're going to talk about this also as we move forward and and uh, come back from break. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, when you were writing this book, there's a lot of information in here. Um, what do you want the reader to walk away with? What is... Uh, what is the theme that you see both in your book and as it relates to where we are as a society? Mm. Yeah, I would love for the reader to walk away and have a renewed appreciation for the breadth of astrology. In mm. my view, it gets packaged, simplified, and um and some of that is necessary. You know, just to have a dialogue with someone at a party. You know, you can't get into you know, all the nuance. But to me, all that nuance is actually important. And just to have an appreciation of how amazing this system really is. It's, it's a fascinating way to understand how we are part of nature. And so I, I would love the reader to just, you know, feel that and see that in a way that I laid out that it makes a lot of sense. Um, that we are evolving through these very, you know, uh, mapped out levels of, of consciousness and that there's order to evolution and it's up to us to play our hand well and we're empowered to do that. And in fact, astrology uh, makes conscious what is unconscious. I mean, spirit is bending over backwards, you know, to, to invite us into greater awakening. We just need to learn to, to uh, partner with it and be humble enough to, to, uh, move through these lessons with openness. And so I would love the reader to feel that and just to feel renewed about, yes, you know, we do. We're, we're here in a, for meaningful reasons and we're growing and nature is housing this in this intelligent way. 
And so as you can hear, I'm very passionate about this, and it's renewed my life, and I just love sharing it with other people. I love it. We're going to take a short break. I want to tell everybody, uh, Eric Myers joining us here today. Uh, his book is Elements and Evolution, the Spiritual Landscape of Astrology. And, uh, this is one of these books that I, I, I went through rather quickly and now I've gone back because I want to actually take a look at what Eric has said in compared to what I thought I knew about my own chart. We're going to take a short break when we come back. I'm hoping that Eric will talk a little bit about the North Node. Uh, not many people want to talk about the North Node, but, you know, I've learned here recently that, you know, there's something to be said about it. And let's hear what he has to say and much more. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Very special guest, Eric Myers. We'll be right back, everyone, in a few. And we'll be talking about 2012 as well. What does all this mean? Are there really predictors? And are we truly shifting in consciousness? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Are you tired of hanging on to things in your life that hold you back? Get ready to reclaim your fearless nature with Annette Bingham. Annette has been a catalyst for helping people achieve maximum results. Known for her breakthrough approaches, she will assist you to unleash your true power. Her unique distance healing techniques have been empowering people globally. Get ready for a life-changing event to step into your fearless nature. For more information, visit AnnetteBingham.com or call 432-770-4062. Do you ever get so frazzled you find it difficult to function? Many people are experiencing more stress and fear than ever. When we react from this place of fear and stress, we end up damaging relationships and creating more grief in our lives. Lynette McKenzie has a solution for you. The Energy Emergency Toolkit. Ten easy tools to go from frazzled to fantastic in five minutes. Visit OpenLiveNow.com and download your free Energy Emergency Toolkit and go from frazzled to fantastic now. After a 15-year search for a truly delicious, healthy, easy-to-prepare organic meal, Savitri and Adil Pakivala founded Eastern Essence. They set out to do what their friends and business acquaintances thought impossible, to produce delicious, healthy, vital food grown in harmony with nature and to promote organic farming in India. Happy food, happy people, happy planet. For more information, go to easternessence.com. That's easternessence.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and 
and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. With CRA, I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, I love uh, what Eric has put together. This is such a really cool uh, journey to go on, the spiritual landscape of astrology, elements, and evolution is the title of his book, The Spiritual Spiritual Landscape of Astrology, Eric Myers joining me here today. But I also want to make sure all of you that are listening, take a look at, uh, go to his website. You'll be able to find a lot there. You can sign up for his monthly newsletter, which I'm going to do in about two seconds. And um, the website is soulvisionconsulting.com. So that's soulvisionconsulting.com. Um, and you certainly can find out Laura more about him. You could find out more about the courses, the in-depth chart analysis that he does, astrological counseling, you name it, it's all here. And maybe he'll tell us a little bit about these. Um, So, Eric, thank you so much for joining me here today. Now, during the break, you asked me my birthday, and and I gave you my birthday. Funny, your dad and I have the same birthday, December 11th. And... And you looked at my chart, and I thought, okay, why don't we talk with folks, talk to folks today, and have a conversation, you and I, about using my chart, about how your perspective and analysis differs from what I think people are used to. And Mm -hmm. I think that would give folks a really clear idea and also what they would find in the book. So what do you think? Are you game? Sure. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know where we would start with this. Where would you start? In a well, conversation you mentioned, with someone. Well, we we talked a bit about the about the moon and um, and this whole process of of awakening that I see mm-hmm. with the sun. You mentioned before the break about the about the North Node. We can talk yes, about I that did. in your chart. Yes. Because your North Node in the eleventh house in Pisces sounds like uh, sharing spiritual or um, any type of of information. Eleventh house is is. Uh, what I call the world stage. It's mm. a very public house and sharing things that are Piscean in nature that have something to do with uh, transformations of consciousness and and mysticism perhaps or, or healing or just expansion is that part of what I see as your sole intention is to uh, do something along those lines. Um, with the Virgo South Node in uh, down there in the fifth house, uh, it was it, that's a much more personal statement. It's much more about um, how do I develop my own skills? Am I good enough? Virgo is a sense I should be better. Um, there's some Virgo lessons there. Also with Saturn nearby with the South Node, um, you know, there's a respect for authority and certainly some things uh, that one might call conventional. You also have a Capricorn moon. And in my view, you know, there is a certain um, element of of a, you know, emotionally aligning yourself with things that are are more uh, Saturnian, and so now I see uh, with this Pisces North Node in um, the 11th and a Sagittarius Sun uh, square the nodes, 
it's all about, okay, what's meaningful now? Rather than what is, what am I supposed to do? What's going to get, right. you know, a pat on the back and someone say, good job, you know, Pat. Um, <laughs> you might have been attached to that. And now it's like, okay, what's your truth, Sagittarius? What's meaningful to you? What's purposeful? How how can life now go into another you know, um, level of, of experience, of soul, of spirit. That's uh, a, a bit of the uh, Pisces North Node. It's a very transpersonal sign. And so there's a movement uh, uh, towards that, away from things that are mundane and and easily de- definable and everyday, and that's part of the Virgo and, with, and also with the Saturn near your south node. And then the movement is towards expanding consciousness. Your chart's all about that. Well, see, and this is what I love. I, you know, no one has ever said that to me quite that way. I never really thought about it. Um, uh, the reason I ask you about the North Node is because it came up quite a bit in the last reading I have. But, you know, the North Node is one of these things, Eric, that most people, when they get, let's just call it, get their charts done, they never have a conversation about it. So they never have a conversation about how to interpret um what's possible and the sense i get from you and the work you do uh with astrology and with psychology is really talking to people about what's possible let's talk about something you said in terms of the lessons because there are lessons to learn and you know and and as we advance a chart to the future um how do we get opportunities to experience these lessons and 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 advance is the word i guess i'm trying to say because this book is about elements and evolution so i would imagine that this is about advancement yeah well i want to comment on what you said on the north node which i agree with it's it's very unfortunate that um that the north node is viewed like that by many i mean a lot of people when i see charts they don't even have the north node on the chart they only have the south node and and to me it's the ultimate indication of polarity or duality they're they're opposite one another and my view is that all of us and and the moon points to that is where we get caught in duality where we don't realize unity consciousness the moon has a sense of egoic protection and survival and we view things as good or bad or or you know positive or negative or, or male or female all these dualities and then the the nodes themselves are a duality they're a polarity and so in order to attain greater wholeness we must balance the whole nodal axis and so we need to develop the attributes and the lessons of the North Node, but we also must go back and strengthen the South Node. It's not so much that we leave the South Node and say, okay, well, that was yesteryear. It's that we need to go and do everything in the, in the chart more consciously. We have a gift. There's like a, a wonderful set of assets we have um, with the South Node, and we need to um, develop that and be more conscious and, and give it as a gift. And so I really see the nodes as a, um, of, of, a of, of a balance rather than a movement away from one to the other. I mean, the South Node is more or less um, what we're attached to, what we know, and the North Node is what we um, maybe have less skill in. Um, so that part of it's relevant, but also just in general, we have to do the whole thing more consciously. Then the second part of, of your question, I, I believe, had had to do with with uh, looking at things now. Could could I wonder if you can restate that question? 
Well, it uh, it's looking at things in terms and seeing how the advancement or the evolution, so to speak, um, uh, you know, includes these lessons learned. You know, the lessons that we might have to learn. Because you said something about, you know, you looked at the bottom of the chart, you looked at Virgo, and you say something here about lessons. And so a lot of times we don't really have an insight about what those are. But, you know, mm-hmm. stuff happens in our lives, right? Things come up. You know, we end relationships and we wonder why is that happening? And so we try to make sense out of it from an everyday point of view. But there really is a lot going on from an astrological slash spiritual perspective, correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, when people do not grow and learn their lessons, unfortunately, a lot of times people do stay within the challenges of what's going on with their south node. And when I say that, it's it's broader than just the sign it's in. It's it's the whole profile. It's it's the planets involved with it and the ruler um, of of the south node. So it, it's a complicated analysis. It's just not one thing. Um, and so most of the time, this is going to manifest in some kind of biographical way. For almost everyone I've seen, it, it the, the south node manifests very literally in some way they can immediately recognize in their life. And then the other thing about the north node is that. I have found it's not so elusive. It's not so much of a far reach. In my work, I see people doing their south, I'm sorry, their north node to different extents all the time in some way. Um, they're working at it. They're growing. There's evidence of growth that I see within everyone in some way. And so I love to champion that and to cheerlead that and to point out, okay, what's the next step with that? How can we do it even more consciously? And so I don't think it's so elusive. I, I do see people growing all the time into their north nodes, and you're an example. You're out there, 11th house in the world, you know, you know, with the evolution of consciousness. Is that what we're talking about? That's your north node. You're doing that. And um, yeah, and I, I love what you said because you know you also hit some other things about my my earlier life, and you know, having this 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 urge to do this, but being sort of felt being stuck in a in, in a place where I couldn't sort of bust out. Um, so when people work with you, and as certainly as they read the book, there are going to be many things for them to to really pay attention to. What do you suggest people focus on as well, as certainly people that are sort of beginning this, or maybe not quite beginning, but, you know, I've had some experience. What would you, what would you say to them in terms of understanding the book, the evolution, and this work? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure I completely understand. We were talking about the chart analysis, and then, then you were saying... Yeah, about- yeah, no, this is about the chart analysis, because, you know, when I look at this, uh, at my own chart, and I look and I think about the book, and you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple of things. Uh, you know, most people are drawn to the sun. Other sure. people are drawn to the rising sign, because I think there are three things that people know about their charts, right? What sign am I? Mm-hmm. maybe what my rising sign might be and perhaps where my moon is. Mm-hmm. And so when you take a look at a chart like mine, what does Taurus over there have to do uh-huh. with anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the ascendant. Yeah, um, yeah, that brings a whole other um, area to, to look at. And my view is that the ascendant goes along with the house uh, layout. 
Mm-hmm. And we have 12 houses. We have the midheaven up there in the 10th the house. We have the descendant. Those are the angles. And um, that's the way uh, we move on, on the planet. That's what the houses are, it's the areas of experience. And so what the ascendant does is, is it goes along with behavior or, or um, presentation or the mask we wear is, is an analogy people have. My view is the general orientation to things. But one of the, the crucial parts of the ascendant that many people don't look at is that it's ruled by one of the planets. In your case, Venus is the ruler of Taurus. And so what's going on with your Venus is going to inform the way your orientation kind of appears. And so this is another one of those nuances that you know doesn't make it in the simplified conversation, but I think is very important. And um, and I also think that the other houses are important too. Uh, not not just the ascendant in the midheaven; uh, those are are given more more attention because they're much more immediate in our experience, our behavior, the way we define ourselves, and the and the way that we approach the world with the midheaven. These are very obvious areas. However, I think that all the houses are important in their own special ways. And so um, I don't really look at the Ascendant and, and look at it as, as so much more important than all the other houses, just like I don't think that the other signs are more important than Aries. Um, Aries just goes with the first one and goes with our behavior. That's what the Ascendant in the first house is about. So I have a little bit less of a, um, uh emphasis on, on the Ascendant than many other astrologers. Well, let's uh, change gears for a minute because, you sure. know, the book that you wrote, uh, is divided into two parts, at least two parts. And, you know, the second part, the, you know, in Chapter 10, you talk about the spiral stairway. And I, I wanted you to talk about this because I was so fascinated with this section of the book and what you refer to in talking about the spiritual path. Take us on this journey, if you would, and talk to, let's address what you mean by spiral stairway. Sure. Yeah, well, there's two main ideas, uh, the, the, the two halves of the book, um, you know, quickly, the, the first half is cyclical evolution, you know, how we go around from Aries to Pisces or House 1 to House 12, and then mm-hmm. the second part of the book is the evolution of consciousness um, through these elemental levels. So if you put it together, uh, the, the final chapter of the spiral stairway is the synthesis of that. You know, we're going around in a cycle. But then we're also evolving our consciousness. And so it resembles the motion kind of up and around the spiral stairway if we are evolving consciousness as we approach all the various facets of the cyclical layout from Aries to Pisces and, and whatnot. And so that to me is the evolutionary motion. Now, for not growing in consciousness, and uh, then we're just going in circles and we're chasing our tails, so to speak. And so that's why the development of awareness uh, awakening into our sun is the crucial var- variable. We have to, you know, in- inhabit our suns at the next level, uh, and then we're growing. And and something almost paradoxical happens, in my view, Dr. Pat, is that part of the, the mindset is that we grow and we become more of who we are, more self-actualized and strengthening, you know, um, just our abilities. Now, there's certain merit to that. You know, we are doing things better, you know, more depthly in all these areas of life. 
But in my view, what actually is happening is we're awakening out of the story of being separate from life to begin with, is that we're realizing when we awaken that we're just part of everything. Our energy is part of unity consciousness, and we don't really identify as much with the whole thing. It's, we become liberated um, when we reach the kind of the, the upper parts of this spiral stairway, is that we, we kind of grow out of our egoic identification and attachment. And so my view on the sun has much more to do uh, with the awakening process. And so I would recommend the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which in my view is the finest book ever written on the sun. And it's about being present, and it's about being aware. And and um, in my view, he doesn't talk astrology language in the book, but it really captures what I'm trying to say. And that was a big influence of mine for this uh, Elements book, is that the sun is around the awakening back to rejoining with all of life and not so much in your own personal story anymore. You know, it really is, uh, you know, this idea of being in the now. But yet, let's just talk about this. Everybody, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how many people have some inkling of 2012. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's got a different view. Certainly, there was a blockbuster moving showing L.A. fall into the ocean, right? Yeah. You know, we've been down that route. <laughs> yeah, I and saw so, that. Yeah, did you see that? I saw it, too. Uh, so I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, uh, you know, how do you talk about 2012 and how does how does your conversation around this relate to consciousness, spirituality, or the like? Yeah, well, I think that is the principal lesson, the shift of consciousness from just identifying as a separate self, that this is me and my own biography and my own story. Um, I call that, uh, as many others do, the ego dream, and it's the self-created kind of uh, way of being that everything is filtered through your own lens of self. You know, we approach everything by our own, you know, whatever we've absorbed is how we approach everything, just your your reference point of, of experience. And that is highly individualistic and subjective, in my view, unfinished. And then the awakening part is is identifying more on the soul level, that the human experience and all that ego stuff that we just talked about was uh, very necessary and important for me to incarnate to live out in the ways that I'm unfinished or unconscious, and all of that's very necessary and is not to be taken lightly. But it's not the whole story. Is that the shift that I believe 2012 is about is that, okay, we're more than just that. We're part of everything. Uh, we're part of all of life. Um, and the rigid boundary between self and world and self and other is actually an illusion, is that we are part of one consciousness. Uh, and so we are part of the elements out there and nature and the trees and everything else. These aren't things that are separate from our consciousness. In fact, they are us, and they reflect us. And the awakening is to not only understand that, but to experience that nature reflects who you are. And so this, I believe, is the great lesson of our time. And so my view is that a transpersonal astrology that I'm interested in cultivating here really brings us to that awareness and, and, and astrology can actually reveal nature in such a way. But the way that astrology is normally understood in practice has been much more in that separate 
uh, consciousness and everything is viewed in this uh, from 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 separateness and so i really see that as the principal lesson and 2012 is is bringing that up in many ways that we're we're seeing that and it will only increase over this next year and a half let me ask you a question that may not may or may not be obvious but uh here recently we have had people stand up and have a voice in ways that we have not seen in decades, Eric. And what I mean by that is I'm not just talking about Egypt and the Middle East. I'm talking right here in this country. You know, people protesting and protesting and bringing their sleeping bags, you know, in Wisconsin. And I wanted to ask you about that from an astrological or, or an evolutionary or a transpersonal perspective. You know, is this something that could be foreseen so to speak yeah well first i want to comment something i said before about a year and a half that's just the you know this mayan end date at the end of december next year what i want to say about this is that the astrology that we're having now is titanic and it's going to last for many years the uranus pluto square will have seven exact hits between 2012 and 2015 we're just really at the beginning stages of that um, so I just wanted to, to be clear on that is in, in some, the astrology, in my view of, of this decade is even more, you know, uh, cataclysmic than the astrology in the 1960s, which was pretty huge. So, you know, fasten <laughs> your seatbelts. Um, and for the second part of your question, yeah, that's, we see examples of this everywhere of, you know, in Egypt and Wisconsin and other examples. Just pay attention to the news, everyone, in these next several months and years, because we're going to see lots of examples of the individuation process. Um, that's a, uh, a real spirit of, of that, is that, you know, we're going to stand for what we know in our heart is right. Uh, Uranus moving into Aries on Friday. Um, this is a big event, and it's all around living our truth and and standing for it in an empowered way and not accepting the conditions uh, that are tyrannical out there, whether from corporations or regimes or governments or, or whatever. This is the, a real sense of the astrology is how are we um, – you know, just humanity going to rise up and not accept the ways um, that control and people who are interested in in control are really abusing the planet and our resources and things that are just not fair to the human condition of of you know gobbling up all the money. Uh, there's been uh, that's been in the news a lot. Is the is the uh, disparity between rich and poor? There's been a lot of news about that lately. People are getting really pissed. Um, about, you know, just the, the policies that reinforce this. These, these types of things are going to be more and more um, just inexcusable to people. Um, and so we see this whole motion towards let's live in greater harmony and consort with nature rather than serving the ego and needing a big bank account or a lot of, you know, fame or whatever it is. That's what's happening. You know, this is a, you know, a great way for us to bring this full circle. I want to ask you one last question around this. Um, we're seeing this at a, a oh, what do I want to say, uh, highly visible, explosive level in the media. But let's talk about the individual. I mean, Uranus moving into Aries is happening on Friday, I think you said, right? That's, yeah. um, that's uh, the, the 11th or the, yeah, that's the 11th. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean for a person that is holding something in 
that is not really speaking their truth. Uh, wh- what is the meaning of this if we don't do this? I mean, we're not just talking at a cataclysmic level. We're not talking about, right. you know, going... Yeah, protesting and so forth. Of course, that's part of it. But as individuals, for example, if we don't stand up in relationships, if we don't stand yeah. up in work, right, mm-hmm. what is the well, impact that, of that here? Yeah, that's a great point because not everyone is going to manifest the astrology in the most awakened, conscious way. I mean, most of us are going to get tripped up and, and do some of the, the promise and some of the struggle. And, and part of the struggle of Uranus and Aries is... Well, there's many possibilities, but one high on the list is needing to just face conflict in the world or your relationships or your job that are going to get you to stand for your truth. You're, you're, it's going to, you're going to, people are just going to be a little bit more on edge, a little bit more, not irritable, but just like, you know what, this isn't right. You know, I can picture people sitting around at lunch and you say, you know, girlfriend, what he did at work just wasn't right. You know what, I'm going to do something. I don't care if I'm going to get fired. And so when people don't do those empowered uh, motions um, to be more individuated, then it's going to seep out in different ways. Um, unconsciously, passive aggressiveness, or just, you know, whatever the different ways people do things that are kind of coming from that frustration or anger, is that every, all the temperature of everything is, is about to go up. And when the temperature goes up, you know, you got to do something with that. So if you don't manage it consciously, unwittingly, we're all going to create a bit more conflict in our lives in, in, in all the possible ways. I got to thank you for joining me here today. Boy, we could have gone on and on and on. But, you know, so much of this you can find out uh, from Eric. If you all pay attention, get a copy of the book, Elements and Evolution, The Spiritual Landscape of Astrology. Eric Myers joining me here today. Eric, thank you so much. It's been great having you on the show. I so appreciate the work you do. Thank you for having me. That hour went by awfully quick, and I really appreciated this opportunity and this conversation with you. Thank you so much. And I hope you will come back. I mean, I have got, uh, I do about 10 hours of radio, so we've got uh, plenty of slots to bring you back in. And uh, we were just warming up here. So thank you so much. I want to thank everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. Again, I want to thank all of my buddies at bbsradio.com. And remember, we've talked about a lot here today. I think what, Eric, you've left us with is the fact that we all really need to stand for something to have a voice. Thank you all for listening to the Dr. Pat show. We'll see you next time. Not me.